Hey, it's Paul Purnell here from the RPG Empire. So I have a couple of quick announcements, really quick, hopefully. Uh, first of all, we absolutely adore you. We think you are amazing, and we really are so thankful that you listen to our podcast and that you're a part of our community. And that said, we want to invite you to our uh, Discord server where you can communicate with us. You can ask questions about the stories. You can submit your own fan art and we can all go like, oh my God, I can't believe they made it look so cool or whatever we say. And then also uh, you can, you know, ask questions about running games and how that all works. So definitely hop on over there and join the community more uh, actively. We would love to have you. Um, also, the best thing you can do to support the RPG Empire, besides sending us fat stacks of cash, which we'll always accept, you know, envelopes, you can just address it right to me, um, <laughs> is uh, if you tell a friend. So 100% the best way for a podcast to grow is for people to hear about it from people they trust like you. So I know you have at least one friend. And tomorrow, I want you to go and tell them about this podcast that you're listening to right now that you love so that we can continue to grow and uh, and just really grow as a community. So that's your mission. Uh, and the final last thing to, to just request and say is if you want to support the RPG Empire with actual dollars, the best way you can do that right now is to buy our book, The Dust World RPG PBTA Quick Start Guide. It's five bucks. It's in our uh, shop on therpgempire.com. It's a super light read. It's 30 pages of fantastic layout, great art, and it teaches you everything you need to know to play a Powered by the Apocalypse game if you've never done that. Uh, maybe not everything you know. It It's brief. It's a quick start guide. But uh, it also comes with the playbooks and all the reference sheets. So we would love for you to do that and then hop in the Discord and tell us what, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. We're going to continue to uh, work on that until it's completely done. It should be around 300 pages, include a bunch of awesome manga art because we're really inspired by manga and anime. And uh, that's about it. So uh, those three things, again, were join the Discord to tell a friend, or buy the Dust World book, or do all three. We really appreciate that you listen to the podcast and that you're part of our community, and we can't wait to talk to you more in the Discord. So with all of that said, I'm going to let you get back to the show. Have a good day. Last time on Strangers in the Pines, we need to talk about what you all want to do. As you all know, you all are dead in this reality. I wish I could do more about it, but I thought you were dead, in all honesty. The hunt is the animalistic side of the power. It is the defenders of the homes, the creatures that live there, the primal entities of desire and hunger that feed on each other. It is the endless cycle of consumption and regrowth. And unfortunately, unlike the growth, the hunt is active and the hunt is aggressive. Maybe that's what the world needs right now. I'm not sure myself. I... I don't know how much to tell you, but 
we just went into a different world and we, I think we changed it for the better. So, um, the reason that Miguel doesn't like this place is because he doesn't like spiders and who we're about to meet is basically like a giant spider, but she's also like an old lady. So that might be kind of scary and weird, but I just wanted you to know so that you didn't like immediately try to kill her or something. Yeah. Okay. I guess, uh, let's put on our game faces. Welcome. Miguel. It's good to have you back. And two new faces I see. Come, come here. So if I put this ring on, I look like the fat, ugly version of myself. Yes. Uh, it also, if you are in a place where there are things like us and they are stronger and you wish to hide, this will help conceal some of your ability it will make it so that you can't be known as one of us so you put your hand on this tree and you see your hand is jagged and clawed like when you were angry in the other world and the hair on it is now coarse and dark like that of an animal and as you look up you see a moose bigger than any that you've ever seen and as dark as night slowly pad towards you and as it does its lips curl back like a dog's would and you see jagged canine teeth in its mouth as it huffs and turns nodding its head deeper into the woods Wow, who am I to say no? No. Wow, Agent. Welcome to Pineforge, the small, quaint town. Well, at least it was before the cataclysm. October 10th, 1996. All of Bell Mountain imploded. Some supernatural or extra-natural force destroyed half of the town, and now we have a unsanctioned militant group, the Stygians, sweeping the city, taking citizens. Can't go on like this. We need to get eyes on these anomalous teenagers we've been tracking. So far, we've only found the dead body of the heir of the Woodmore estate, and it was grisly. But you know what? I think those kids are still out there. I think they're trying to solve the mysteries of Pineforge and find out what's happening with these strangers in the pines. pines. Dottie, you see this massive black moose nod its head deeper into the woods. And you follow. And the pace isn't grueling. It's walking just fast enough that it stays ahead of you. And as you continue, look, maybe when you were, when you first discovered your powers, you wouldn't have noticed. But now, after going to another dimension and sitting in the Adler throne of that world, 
you cross a line in these woods and you know you're in that space again, that grove, and you exit and where once there was a large garden, there is now pins and nests of animals from rats to possums to wolves to even things like sun bears and hyenas just all milling about and sitting in this rocking chair is what appears to be a woman with dark brown hair and dark brown eyes in her probably mid 40s rocking slowly and in her lap rests a large raccoon that is just laid out on its back as she pets its belly. I approach and say, well, uh, how's the little critter doing? And as you do this, all these animals start moving from these pins around and slowly surround you. It's not aggressive. It's more curious as they sniff you and sort of nudge each other as this woman stands from the seat, gently setting the raccoon down in a small, almost like bird's nest uh, on a table next to the seat as she walks over, as the animals slowly part and move back, as she walks over to you and looks you up and down. He's doing good. So, you must be my uh, older sister's protege, Diane Green. I uh, I didn't know her very well. She uh, didn't really give me her name or much of any idea what any of this was, other than in practically riddles. Um. <laughs> Ah, yeah, that's that. That would be Evelyn. She was always, little, she always enjoyed mystery a little bit too much for her own good, at least in my opinion. Right. I, I myself prefer answers. Well, you come to the right place. We're real straightforward. That's, that's good. Want some jerky? I would. Yes. That, that is not a panini and sounds nice. Of course. Come on over. As she walks back over and uh, sits down in the chair and puts the raccoon on her neck. And uh, you watch as coming out of the, the house is like a, a group of field mice. And they've got some some like pieces of jerky in their teeth as uh, she grabs one of them. And she reaches down, grabs one of the pieces of jerky, picks it up and just rips off a chunk of it. Mmm. Tasty. Um. I will have a bite. It's good. It's nice. It's good smoked jerky with some sort of peppery seasoning to it, but it's not too much. It's tasty. You feel you feel good eating. So 
So, little lady, what's your name? Uh, I'm Dottie. Dottie Luskoff. Ah, well, it's a pleasure to formally make your acquaintance. What's your name? My name is Diana Green. It's a nice name. Diana... Huh. Diana, that was a Greek goddess, wasn't it? Or am I thinking of Greek something? goddess of the hunt. Ah. I... I'm not... Well, that's actually not true. I, I shouldn't be humble. I actually studied a lot of Greco-Roman mythology because a lot of the um, images of that figure heavily, especially in the um, some of the more older styles. You know, so you see little depictions of Pan and uh, Artemis and Athena, especially in the. I'm boring you, aren't I? <laughs> Uh, no, it's all right. I'm not as much for, well, traditional learning as one might say. But I'm always happy to let someone enjoy telling a yarn for a little bit. Lord knows I tell mine. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, things have changed, haven't they? Yep, well, my sister passed, obviously, and I came to, to rest where... Rest my weary heels, as one might say. The coven needs a queen, and the seat needs a sitter. I figured I was one of the last two, so I might as well come sit. Although, I guess <laughs> one of the last three now. Last three, you say? Well... We ain't exactly, at least here, here say we aren't exactly the powerhouse we once were. I'm sure you know that nature's taken quite a bit of beating, well, especially in recent years. Yeah, um, I always thought that would A, be corrected eventually, but B wouldn't all be focused in one place. Well, to call this one place is to say that nature is just one area. I mean, I guess it might be true in some sort of sense, but this is everywhere from every little tick to blade of grass to even red, you know, every wet redwood tree. It's more of the idea than a than a you know a place you drive to there are no roads leading here there's no paths you can take you either find it or you don't so a question how does one end up this way well to be honest we don't know exactly how it got started. Maybe some of us heard the trees when moving through the trees and realized there was more there than just air and rustling. Or maybe someone sat down and saw the way that the bear and the deer and the wolves interacted and realized there was more there than just pure instinct. I just don't understand but, why me. 
my parents are the ones who are really nature nuts. And our family, our family's been in our town for a very long time. We were supposed to be pretty big deals, you know. Originally, we were some of the first settlers, and if if the logging operation had taken off more, we would be... Well, you don't know what a Woodmore is. You don't need to concern yourself with that. I'm very aware what a Woodmore is. Oh? You, you don't sound like a fan. Well, that's beside the point. The point being, why me? I'm a girl of the 90s. I'm a girl of today. I, I like nature and everything, but this isn't the 60s. I'm not smoking the stuff and, you know, being one with <laughs> nature. Nature ain't about, ain't about oneness. It's about more than that. You know, all these animals don't exist in Kumbaya, except maybe here where I keep them from eating each other. But nature's a violent, virulent thing. Yeah. It's about birth and death and fighting and blood and all of it. It's not just one. That's the big illusion of the growth is, I would say, is, is that it's all peaceful. Nature's never peaceful. So is that why I'm being selected? Because even though I thought I was the one who got along with everyone, I'm secretly the one who wants to get into a fight. Well, do you? Do you want to fight? Or do you want to get along? And you can do both. There's no limit on it. I was under the impression you were pretty focused on the fighting part. I'm direct. I'm still getting things, some of the old cobwebs knocked out from my sister's days. But don't you worry, little lady. I've already got people in Pine Forge. Well, people ain't the right word. People's the problem. And we're going to be doing some more direct methods, indeed. Joy. Well... I'm not sure. I heard that using powers could exhaust your youth. <laughs> well, that depends on the powers. What's a power that wouldn't? Well, I can tell you this. The hunt don't exhaust your youth. The hunt, what it gives you and what you give it is the hunger, the desire for it, the need and the instinct. And you watch as she stands up and walks out into the yard and changes shape. And her flesh begins to ripple and grow as patches of scales and fur and feathers start to grow as slime and mucus begin to coat different parts of soft flesh of salamanders 
and the twisting teeth of boars and wolves and bears fill her mouth as rhino's horns and deer antlers appear on her head and nose as suddenly in front of you is this massive chimera of hundreds of thousands of animals and slowly she turns back and it's it, it's much it's a much slower process turning back for her than it was to turn into it as she sort of shakes her head and looks at you everything's got a price to pay but as you well know some things are worth the price that's why you pay it I'm the not growth. sure it's worth paying the price here yet it's one I had an English teacher in middle school who taught me you go into the woods in fairy tales to kind of investigate your own fears. Most of the other kids in my class didn't understand what she was talking about, and she didn't last too long here in Pineforge. But I've always thought about that. And I went to a woods of a very different kind, but I'm not in the woods anymore. I'm back home, and I can't just, you know, turn people into animals or find the magic gold pot or whatever. I have to behave. But, but then again, I'm not sure I can go back to behaving. Then don't. You're a dangerous person, aren't you, Diana? I indeed am. I'm not sure how to feel about that yet. Well, that's up to you then. Fair enough. I came to realize, at least for myself, that I wasn't going to let anyone, no matter who they were, tell me what I could and couldn't do. And I wasn't going to let anyone think that they were more better than me yeah hmm and you're the one still standing at the end of the day if I keep trying to be the peacekeeper there isn't going to be any peace is there just everybody including myself is going to die there's never any peace peace is never something that existed it's something that weak people need to think they are safe they're never safe yeah no matter where you are no matter what you do you can be the littlest field mouse to the biggest bear to the most powerful whatever it might be human wise ceo president i don't know religious head whatever it might be all of that stuff Everything can change in a moment. And I'm sure you're well aware of that. Safety is an illusion. Okay, and I refuse I, I to be go. disillused. I, I gotta go. But thank you. I I will be back. But uh I I have to take this in little bits here. Hey, it's a big world. It takes a lot to look at that full picture. You come back here whenever you like. You always got a place in this, little bear. Thank you. I'll 
See you Welcome. later. See you later. If you'd be so kind as to lead her out. As she nods to uh, to the stag, who begins to walk into the woods again out of this clearing. I'm used to uh, it usually being a white stag, a white deer, but uh, you're a little bit more vicious than in the fairy tales, aren't you? I say to the moose. It huffs at you as it uh, leads you back through and you walk and once again you feel this sensation, this the air changes the way the light filters through the trees just feels different as you walk into the woods again and you turn around and that stag is gone and the only thing you can see is a pair of hoof prints large and wide in the leaves next to you and I say to myself the fairy tale is over one way or the other the fairy tale is over so Danny and Lucas you guys are relaxing and well maybe not relaxing but you guys are now disguised in your new glamours cool 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 cool. Uh, fat Lucas and uh, lizard so we look like Jay yep. and Silent Bob, right? <laughs> yes, you do look like Jay and Silent Bob. I get a backwards cap and I, I put it on. And we, we stand in front of the convenience store. So Miguel looks at you guys and goes, Hey, sorry I didn't say more, but I really do not like doing that. That is not my thing. You guys want to go hang out? Or are you going to want to go chill in front of a convenience store? Yes. She is a lady of ill repute. Bong. I just look at him and I nod. Alrighty, well, I'll take you over there. And he drives you over and drops you off in front of the convenience store. Nah, man, we were just kidding. We don't want to sit in front of no whack-ass convenience store. Who knows? There might be some goofy guy in there trying to, like, be cool or something. Let's get out of here. Man, you're going to make me drive all over town doing doing bits, ain't you? Making me do all this driving. <laughs> but at least we're cool. I got you a smoothie. Fair enough. Maybe some gas money might be better. Not to mention all this gag yeah. in your back seat. Please. And I just start squishing yeah. and making fart noises. Hey, hey, don't you be touching my gag. That's my gag. Oh, man, come on. You got to share. I spent a lot of time collecting all that gag. It's a gacky gack world out there, man. So he starts to drive and he starts heading back towards the bunker. And he looks at both of you and goes, so one obviously didn't tell you, but all right, man, this is the way we communicate. And he reaches out and he, for once, the first time you've ever seen this happen ever, is he adjusts the knob on the uh, on the stereo of his van, and you all hear the dulcet sounds of Murdoch Fox coming to you live from Pine Forge Public Radio, laying it down. I like this station. Can you leave it on this one, please? Even though I know it's not like within your brand, but I like this station. It's within my brand. I didn't even know your radio so. could like, change. I thought it was just stuck on that song 
no no that's not the radio that's my cassettes and he opens like he opens up like the one of the sides of like his like now new leather duster and in like what is a modified like band lador is just like tape after tape of black water <laughs> i'm like okay cool you may have a problem but that's pretty that was i was unexpected that was unexpected as you hear the the dulcet tones of murdoch fox continuing goes Murdoch, uh, he's one of the strangers like us. He's, uh, well, he's an older member in all honesty. He, uh, he was one of the ones back in the old days with, uh, you know, Chad and Evelyn and Midas. Although he kind of dropped out of it. He was one of the, he was like their kid, younger brother, though he, he doesn't like to talk about it much. Um, but what he does is every one of us has a code name. That's his song. And oh, like, like Winkle and TV Static Boy and the Duber guy. No, not quite. For me, my code name over the radio is Blackwater. If oh, come on. That, Nobody's going to hey, guess that. Nobody's nobody gonna guess would that. ever know. Okay, go on. Sorry. But a better example might be. For Mark, as you call him, uh, actually, that's his name. I don't know why I said it, I said it like that. As look, I call him, you I guess, know, his secret, his look, secret identity, you know, Mark. Yeah, his secret identity, you know, that Mark. Name that some people, you know, weird people who use names call him. His his code name is Spirit of the Radio. Nah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's lame. Hey, teach his own, man. Don't dig it till you Why try not it. static? He looks like a, a TV static. That sounds way cooler. Well, we're supposed to be a little incognito here. So it is supposed to be code, as one might call it. Yes, but your name is Blackwater, and you do nothing but play that song. <laughs> I was very insistent. Yeah, so incognito, got it. So right now we've got obviously the boss, codename one. We've got me, codename Blackwater. We've got Liz, uh, as per her request, Black Magic Woman, Mark, as per his request, Spirit of the Radio, Murdoch, uh, Fox on the Run, and so you two, and eventually your friend Dottie, need to pick codenames. So, what are you thinking? What song represents you? Wait, the song is our code name? Yeah. It might make more sense if I explain it like this. First, we got code, the code name for each of us. Then we got codes for different places. Say, Duck Duck Juice. That might be, I don't know. Uh, just for an example, Ring of Fire. So if we say, up first, so Murdoch goes, up first, one. And then after that, Ring of Fire, that means the boss wants us to meet at Duck Duck Juice. Oh, clever. Yes, but does he actually play the song? Uh, he does later, yep. Okay, that's good. <laughs> you wouldn't be much of a radio DJ if you didn't play the song 
Yes, that's that's why I asked. But yeah, that's the next thing on your guys' docket is to come up with code names. Yeah, cool. Okay, uh, song. It's got to represent us. Um, oh, there's this weird one that my mom used to play from the Beatles. Uh, it's got like, uh, oh, what is it? It's like the Magic Magic Mystery Tour or Magic Magical Castle or something. And then there's like a Warris, that Warris one. Why are you saying walrus, walrus really weird? Walrus? How do you say it? Walrus? It has an L in it. Does it? Yes. Wal Walrus. Yes, that's the correct way to say it. All right. The Magic Mystery Tour. I like that. That's a good album, man. That was a good album. I guess I'll be the walrus. He shrugs. Hell yeah. Alrighty, Danny, my man. What you got? I don't know. Maybe you can flip through the radio stations really quick because I don't listen to that much music. If you want to just flip through the radio stations, maybe I can pick one. So, I've heard that you've got a real thing for my man Murdoch. So, what was the first song you heard him play, man? Um, I don't know, but here I can, maybe I can do it and he'll, uh, he'll like, he'll go to, uh, adjust the radio from the backseat with his, uh, telekinesis. Okay. It starts and goes through the channels and, uh, finally settles on one. And coming through the radio is the song Ironic. Oh, I know this song. It's kind of interesting. Don't you think? Yeah, okay. Hey. I'll be ironic. Well, I guess that's kind of ironic then, ain't it, man? <laughs> yes, I suppose. Although everything in the song is is more unfortunate than ironic actually, which actually makes the song ironic in and of itself. And I wonder if that was a, a, the Atlantis Morissette's intentions, but anyway, I'm ironic. <laughs> That's man. I don't agree to that. Oh, that is a, that was way too deep for my, uh, for my cup of tea there. There, Danny. It's a good song though. Either way, let me turn back, see if see if the boss has any information for us that we need. And he turns it back to uh, the the fox hunt with Murdoch Fox. And um, you hear him go, all right, everybody. Time to lay down the next tracks for the afternoon shift. So, first up is... Black Water by the Doobie Brothers. Next is Black Magic Woman. And finally is the Spirit of the Radio. And last but certainly not least, Bunker Hill. Thank you all for listening to me, Murdoch Fox, here on the Fox Sun on Pine Forge Public Radio. 
bringing you music and melodies 24 hours a day. And uh, McGoe goes, all right, we got to head back to uh, to the bunker. Let's see if we can find your friend along the way there. And you guys start to drive. And Dottie, we cut back to you. What are you doing? Uh, How are you feeling? Uh, perturbed. I'm going to walk back to where the bunker is. Am I near so, it? So, yeah, you know exactly how to get there. You walk right through the woods. It's not It's not a far walk. And as you do that, you see the Duber van pull up and Miguel and you see someone that you've never met before. It's like, it's weird. It's, it's sort of like a 20-year-old sort of like Hispanic college guy that looks like a little bit paunchier and his nose a little pushed in. And then you see the exact image of Lizard Hoffman from the other universe step out of that car. 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 The American Territories, North Dakota, the year 1887. A man flees for his life, hunted by his former compatriots. The sun sets in the distance, and he knows there is little hope for him. The man's name is Ezra Gray, and he has accumulated a fearsome reputation in his 28 years. He's been known as many things in his time, bank robber, murderer, and cattle rustler, to name a few. But as he rounds into an abandoned church, hoping to find peace and sanctuary, the sound of his doom echoes in the distance. This is Pit of the West, a weird Western podcast written by Tanner Adams and produced by B. Wynn, with main cast voices by Patrick Kilday, Billy Norris, and Matt McCann. Ah, Lizard, I figured you'd eventually somehow intersect with all this goofiness. Yes, uh, I'm cool and aliens. Uh, yeah. Uh, you all right? You sound a little different. Yeah, he's uh, cool. Um... And Danny uses tel- uh, uh, telepathy to tell Dottie. Dottie, it's it's me. It's Danny. It's not actually a lizard. Uh, these are disguises. They're not superhero costumes like they like we thought that they would be, but they're they were given to us by a giant spider. I'm sure you'll meet her. Wonderful. I've waited my entire life to meet a giant spider. Actually, I kind of like spiders. What I don't like is disguises. I just did that. I hated it. Do I have to do this? Look, if you really want to walk around with your regular self out there, that's fine. But, I mean, people aren't exactly super stoked to see a walking corpse about. So there might be something to deal with there. Fine, I'll play the part. Is it my turn? We can get that later. We gotta head back to the bunker now. We got information on our latest... problem. Oh, you're not even giving us a day to rest, huh? Just immediately off to work. Hey, not never stops for us, man. 
I'd wish I could chill out and hang out, but how did you get involved in all this? You're 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 the Duber driver. I mean, come on. I uh I was near the mountain when it exploded and uh You didn't die. No. I didn't I die. But after I saw what was there before things changed and cleanup started and it closed off. I just couldn't go back, man. I couldn't. The veil had been pierced and I couldn't sew it shut. And the so. fairy tale was over. And okay. the fairy tale was over. Yeah, but that doesn't Let's explain. Uh, that doesn't explain why Mark is. Um, I mean, Lucas, do you remember Mark having acting like he was hiding something from us? No, Mark never hid anything from us. Oh God, I can't deal with this. Oh God, why? No. What? I'm in disguise. Oh, this is awful. Ah, uh, I fine, you know, fine, whatever. Okay. Anyway, uh, I don't know. Did Mark like? Did you guys already have powers, or did it happen because of the explosion? That happened because uh, of the explosion. Uh, as far as I can tell, I'm not super well acquainted on uh, interdimensional forces of Tom fuckery, as uh, one might call it. And uh, yeah, that's what I call it. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, from what one explained, um, a bunch of different dimensional energy from all kinds of dimensions kind of exploded outward and different people were affected different ways. What Mark is your powers. Me? No powers. Just flesh and blood. Just a regular dude. Oh, then why are you part of all of this? Because I could not be. I'm always there to help out, man. Duber. There okay. there when you call. Gotcha, gotcha. This is basically just like that stupid oil spill from a few years back. Yeah, just <laughs> less oil and more mutants and monsters and magic. Mountains. Don't make mountains. it sound cool. It sucks. Mutants, monsters, and magic. That does sound like a dope-ass game. Hey, Danny, write that down. Let's make that game. It sounds kind of derivative from Dungeons and Dragons, but if they added an extra D, like ditches, Dungeons, Dragons, and ditches, that doesn't sound like as much of a a good game, but I'll write it down. Okay. I don't think we're going to have time to create video games, Paul. We're going to be rich. As you guys are talking, you see um, Liz and Mark sort of like jogging down the street as they meet up with you guys. And uh, and you all head out into the back of the woods and back into the bunker where Mr. Woodmore is standing in the central area with Graham floating next to him. As he looks over you guys. All right, everyone. Uh... Uh, Danny, Lucas, Dottie, actually, before you guys got here, we've been having incidents with some sort of creature uh, attacking everything. I mean, we've had 
livestock mutilations. We found corpses of wild animals. But none of those seem like they were eaten. The only thing that it seems like this creature's eating is people. And oh, God. Yeah. We've lost two already, and a third person just went missing um, out on the kind of the edge of the mountains, edge of the valley. This is going to get me yelled at. Are we sure it's not a bear? Yeah. It's a it's a bear that only exclusively eats humans. Daddy. There was just a severe ecological disruption that will vastly affect the food chain. Yes, it could lead animals to be desperate and focus on whatever it could move, which in this case would be humans. What if it's a magic bear? Uh, it's probably going to be a magic bear because I'm in hell now. Yeah, it's probably going to be a magic bear of some sort. But either way, we need to stop it from eating people and killing things. So, I'm gonna send you all out in teams to go see what you can locate. Wait, we're splitting up for this? Yeah, there's a lot of forest out there to cover. It we don't sounds exactly- like a real recipe to get somebody killed. <sighs> Fine, whatever. Well, let me ask you this, Dottie. Do you think you, Danny, and Lucas would be are uh, adept enough to able to handle yourself in a fight? Yes. Yeah, I mean, we took down, like, an army of super-powered people in that other dimension. I'm a bit more worried about Mark here, to be honest, and I kind of wave towards him. Oh, uh, he's spirit um, of the radio. I wink yeah. at Mark. I am not Thanks. calling him that. Spirit works too. I like that one as uh, as well. And uh, don't worry, Dottie. I'm I'm not exactly the uh, uh, my powers don't exactly match my my personality. So um, I know I'm a little bit timid, but I'm not helpless. Don't worry. Uh huh. Listen, we're not splitting up. We're all going to stick together, all five of us, and we're going to find this creature ourselves. Together. Hey, man, all six of us. Oh, Give okay, me credit where credit is I'm due. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I don't have powers, but damn, Dottie. Oh, all that- right. But all you have is a <laughs> huge gun and a... Okay, that's enough. Yeah, sure. He's got the Duber van and yeah, a, yeah, sick, yeah. a sick shotgun out of my lab. You know what? Uh, Dottie, that's actually... It might be... It'll be good for you all to be orient- oriented with your powers and abilities and start working on teamwork. You know now, what? You're right. Some of these people, I'm never going to orient myself, and I shoot a look at Liz. I say, but you know, <laughs> we'll do our best. Uh, Liz, bl- Liz blows a bubble in pink bubble gum, and it pops, and like she slowly extends her middle finger and then puts it back down. Real mature there. You've definitely matured past middle school there, dear. Um, uh, I might be able to help. Uh, so. Do you got any idea which area to search? Uh, so the the last this last person went missing near the north northwestern edge of the uh, well where the mountains meet the valley. So, so does it seem like it's mainly around forested areas? Yes, it, we haven't had any attacks in in the actual pine forest area. It seems kind of where you know. Uh, it's sort of where the the more suburban areas uh, outside where they they mingle where the pines kind of like this area. Any motions? Well, 
he pulls up a little a little map uh, using Graham of the surrounding neighborhoods and how they're kind of interspersed in the forest. Yeah. So this looks like this style of sort of suburban uh, natural settings looks to be his hunting ground. Although we are unsure what the creature actually is. Hmm. Okay, so the goal is just to find evidence, something to track, right? Uh, the main goal right now is tracking and identification. Do not engage. Do not engage just yet. We need to be sure what this is and that we handle it properly. The last thing we need is it to, to try and attempt to destroy it and something goes wrong and it makes it even more powerful. Once it's identified, though, we will figure out what we can do to either attempt to help this creature or contain it or destroy it if need be. All right, I uh, I think I'll lead the way on this. I think I have an idea. Oh, you, I got ideas. Uh, but nobody cares, Lucas. I'm joking. What's your idea? Oh, I can just send a bunch of like birds out in that area and scout around. Then you'll lose all the birds. Also, you'll be introducing an alien species into the ecology. It'll create mass chaos. What are you talking about? I'll just make them fly back to me. Haven't you ever heard of kutsu? Well, fine, whatever. It's not like they're going to go and live in the woods. It's still like me. I think. Probably. You're going to infect the entire town, aren't you? No. Yes. Why would I do such a weird thing? Ah, oh, it's not like it's been your agenda from the beginning. But, sure. What are you talking about? I'm not trying to infect everyone in the town. Lucas, I would please ask that you keep your infection to a uh, bare minimum, please. Just infect We're some here birds. To... It'll be fine. It won't disrupt ecology at all. It'll go I'm great. not going to infect birds, and I, I make it look kind of like a magic trick, because... I still don't want to like look weird in front of Liz, uh, and so I like. All right. Cover, cover roll my for hands. that. <laughs> yeah, roll for act under pressure, my man. <laughs> the the truest pressure that there's ever been. Impressing a girl. Impressing, impressing your friend. Yes, fourteen. Dude, I'm like okay. freaking David Copperfield up in this mug. Uh, JTT. Uh, so I like grab one of my fingers and then just like real subtly pull it off into the palm of my hand and I make it turn into a bird like a little black raven and I let it fly out of my hand and then like make it land on my shoulder or maybe actually I make it land like right in front of uh, Liz. Okay. See look. So and I make a bird appear. All right, that I mean that'll work. You can send them out there. Uh, everyone looks, I mean, at least, uh, Mark, Liz, Miguel, and Mr. Woodmore look fairly impressed, if fairly impressed and curious. I can just make birds, it's easy. I roll my eyes. Ah, uh, just making birds, you know, as one does. It's kind of ironic that you used your middle finger. <laughs> and as you do that, everyone... As Dan reveals like, the secret of the magic trick. I, I keep my hand in my pocket. I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. Well, 
You, you guys get after it. I'll, I'll keep in contact with Murdoch and correlate you if any more information comes in. Um, strangers, go protect Pine Forge. Uh, are we supposed to repeat something? No. Just go out. Go do your job. Oh, okay. Should we have a... Oh, no. We're not cheerleaders. We shouldn't have a... A cheer, should we? Miguel <laughs> looks at you guys and goes, Oh, hell yeah, we're getting a cheer. Oh, uh, no. What if I introduced it to the world? Oh, yeah. Stay puff marshmallow man, Dottie. Stay push marshmallow man. Put him in there, people. Let's go kill a magic bear. <laughs> and he puts his That's hand our cheer? out. Our cheer. I just like look at him. Our cheers killing. Kill a magic bear. That's the best you yeah. can come up with. Yeah. Kill a magic bear on three. No. I'm Anybody not going to kill the cheer bears. How, what are you how talking about, about? Stranger danger. <laughs> no. Even worse. Uh, it's even worse because we drive around in a van, Lucas. In a big old van. Yeah, you know what? Let's just let's just go. Uh, Lucas, you want to send your bird? <laughs> Liz Liz very much like rubs the bridge of her nose, like, oh my also, god. Also, Lucas, these... I mean, um, Danny, technically it would be coincidental, not ironic. Okay, that's it. I'm out. And then I just walk up the stairs. Uh, when nobody's looking, I let all my fingers fly off as birds and I put my hands okay. in my pockets so the birds fly off and everybody heads upstairs um McGill gets in the van and Mark and uh Liz also get in the van um do you guys get in the van or are you gonna try and travel up uh through Pine Forge a different way actually Dottie I, I, I don't think it was I don't think it was coincidental. I think it was apropos. That would be the same thing. Danny, I don't do you... think so. Also, were you thinking of elves with attitude from the Santa Claus? No, it was specifically teenagers with attitude, but I don't even remember where I heard that from. And there okay. was some glowing guy, but then I, I didn't stick around to watch. And then the van, the van more. starts. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to like kind of after having this conversation, like kind of mutter to myself. Well, we introduced ourselves earlier. You could show me what you've got, so to speak. Diane. You two, uh, Lucas and Danny, you guys watch as uh, Dottie kind of like stands in the woods for a second. And Dottie, you look you look down and you feel the the band that you have on, kind of this woven band with the wooden key on it. No, the silver key, I apologize. Silver key on it start to change. And you watch as the charm changes and it goes from a braided woven cord with this key on it to a leather uh, a leather bracelet with a rabbit's foot kind of attached to it. And as this happens, you see the largest rabbit you've ever seen in your life. It is a massive albino hair the size of a horse 
sort of move out of the trees and hop over to you. Is everybody else seeing this right now? Are we? Yes. Uh, yeah? That's pretty weird. The, oh, oh, we're just gonna, we're just gonna pretend rabbits is the this, size of horses are normal now. Is, is that, this the one that's eating people? Hey guys, it wasn't a bear, it was a, it was a big bunny. Yeah, it's got uh, big I nasty guess, fangs. Let's right. kill it, okay? Or wait, are we catching it? I forget. Oh no, we're just identifying it. You weren't it supposed to engage. It was, it was a bunny all along. You weren't supposed to engage, Lucas. Uh, he just thought we were carrots, I guess. Lucas. Oh, is this something to do with your, like, weird powers or something? Oh, versus your powers, which are very normal. Uh, yeah, way more normal than turning into a tree or getting, like, slurped up into roots or something. Or riding giant bunnies, I guess. Okay. As you mentioned this, the rabbit, like, turns towards Lucas and growls. And, Whoa. uh, Oh, hey, you Benicula, see... Benicula, over here, over here. Benicula? It's a book I read once. Come over here. Uh, it hops over to you, Dottie, and you can tell, like, it listens to you, but this is uh, definitely a feral creature, and you realize that, like, in its mouth as you open it, instead of having, like, rabbit teeth, it has a set of crocodile teeth. Oh, God. oh okay. Um, where's Monty Python when you need him? Um, hey, listen. Um, could you tell us, uh, a, if we're late for a very important date, but B, who's hunting? I don't think it's you, is it? It looks at you and makes rabbit noises because it's a rabbit. Ah, well, okay. Why don't you uh, take us down your hole? You could use magic to communicate with something. It's true. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to use magic. Uh, before she does that, can I go ahead and roll investigate a mystery with all my birds? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, and this will not, this is not a creature. This is a, this is more of a magical effect. This is your new angel wings. Oh God. I'll just go ahead and fail it, I guess. You just take the experience then, and yeah. you send your birds out, and you're looking around, and... Maybe they get into mischief or something. It's more like they're, like, flying high and moving through the trees, and there's just nothing, like, they can't spot anything evident. It just looks like more forest. So, you're not exactly sure what you're looking for, and in turn, they're not exactly sure what they're looking for, and in the end, it's more like you just see more woods. So, unfortunately, you don't really see anything. They just come back to you and uh, reattach themselves as your fingers, which is weird um, watching watching these birds, like, like trying I, to fly into your pocket. You guys get on the rabbit, and as uh, you know, Miguel and the others are kind of, like, wide-eyed looking at this horse size, not like a, like a, like a fluffy bunny, but like a European hare. It's a, like, it is a, it's like an actual animal, especially with the crocodile teeth. Um, as it takes off through the woods and it like, you feel like it starts going faster and then you just feel everything kind of bend around you as you guys, uh, uh, as the bunny like slows and you realize that you have traveled 
like the entire length of the town and what felt like five hops of this rabbit. And you you watch as it uh, as you guys like look at it for um, for like a second. It looks like, you know, the rabbit. Then it looks like the like a shrub, like a shrubbery, like the background shrubs are in the shape of a rabbit. And then you lose the lines of the rabbit and it looks like you were just in the forest. And you three are here in the northern, uh, the northwestern edge of Pine Forge. And this is sort of a bit more of a poorer area. Uh, Lucas, you live in like what would be like the traditional suburbs. Um, this is um, closer to like where Danny lives. His mom being a guidance counselor isn't exactly like this. It unfortunately doesn't have a six figure salary. Um, and being a single mom doesn't help. And so this is kind of a, a bit of the, the more working class area of Pine Forge. A lot of the loggers live here. And uh, so you guys move through the woods and you see like chain, chain fences of backyards and small dogs and just sort of overgrowth. And as you all are moving... So yeah, you guys are in this sort of like lower neighborhood. It's on the northwestern edge of Pine Forage. It's kind of well back in the woods. Investigate a mystery check for you. Okay, perfect. Like, wow, that's hilarious. Uh, okay. Another five. I guess I will also investigate said mystery. Go for uh, it. Could you spot check, as it were? <laughs> yes, ten. Uh, so. As we're looking around, I think, let's see, we're trying to identify it. So what sort of creature is it? So I like think my eyes kind of flip into cat mode so that I can kind of see, you know, high contrast a little better. Also, for some reason, I'm imagining it's evening time. Yeah, it's starting to get closer in the evening. The sun's starting to set and uh, you're looking around and you uh you see a house where um the back door has been completely torn off and you see uh in the the ground the one set of what looks like human handprints but the size of like the hands if they were the hands would be like the size of a tire, like a car tire in diameter from like wrist to finger would be the size of a car tire. Um, and behind it is a massive set of hoof prints. Uh, guys, guys, I found something over here. Oh. Uh, we've got some sort of giant with hoofs, uh, maybe a devil. I don't know. And big ass hands. I mean, that's your first response and not, like, a centaur? Uh, wouldn't there be more hoof prints? I don't know. Does, does, uh, the, the combination of hands and hoof prints remind Danny of a certain someone? In fact, it does. It reminds you very much of a certain someone. Okay, I have one more hold. Uh, where did it go? As you all are standing there, the sudden sound of a blood-curdling woman's scream fills the air, coming from the woods behind this house. 
Well, that's it for this episode of Strangers in the Pines. Don't forget to check us out on social media at the RPG Empire. Have an awesome day and play on.